live on patreon.com slash soda soccer this is the first edition of 10k live or if you're just listening after the fact it's the 10,000 pitches podcast your home for everything minnesota soccer and beyond jeremy rushing here alongside me carter hoffer from soda soccer.com dominic had some uh state hockey obligations with his uh with his day job so carter tagging in and a great time to tag in the first edition of 10k live carter how are we doing oh we're hitting the ground running today aren't we oh certainly hitting the ground running for sure um you know this is going to kind of be a little uh, little test for all of us to see how the live edition goes and uh see if people like the live content uh so you know Thank you so much for tuning in. If you are tuning in, you have to be a tier three soda soccer super sub to tune in live each week to the 10,000 pitches podcast. So how that works is you just go to patreon.com slash soda soccer and you'll see you have three different options. The $3 a month tier kind of, you know, gets you just supporting our work. It gets you occasional bonus content. But if you really want that weekly, almost daily bonus content, you got to do on our, you have to uh, subscribe to our $5 tier. And then uh, if you want this beautiful live podcast content for your eyeballs and ears every Thursday morning, uh, you can get that by becoming a super sub at patreon.com slash soda stocker. Carter, we have a lot to get to today. Uh, a lot of Minnesota United news as we head into the opener at Allianz Field on Saturday or the home opener, I should say. Um, a lot of lower league news to get to involving the Minnesota Super Cup, the NPSL North, Minnesota Aurora and so much more. Um, and a little bit later today, even outside of the 10,000 Pitches podcast, we'll have a little uh, Minnesota United New York Red Bulls preview. Um, I'm bringing in Red Bulls independent reporter Eric Friedlander to uh, talk about the match on Saturday and what Loons fans can expect from this year's New York Red Bulls team. So a lot of content coming your way. So make sure you're subscribing. Make sure you're following us at sodasoccer.com. Make sure you're following us on socials at sodasoc so you can get all that content for your eyeballs and your ears. All right, Dom. All right. I usually just say, all right, Dom. Wow. It's Carter this week. All right, Carter. Let's jump into this. Episode 130 of the 10,000 Pitches podcast. Make sure you're subscribed, rated, and reviewed uh, the podcast if you could. And um, in, we had two new patrons actually come in over the last uh, five days or so since the last time we recorded. Shout out Mark and shout out Yufasa himself, Yosef El Sawi. Um, to uh, they've um, wow, lost my train of thought. They've become uh, patrons at patreon.com/slash soda soccer. So big thanks to them, Carter. Before I mumble or stumble or or you know just forget what I'm saying anymore. Let's go ahead and jump into the headlines so we can actually uh, talk about some stuff we know about. And that's, of course, Minnesota United. We're just two days away from the home opener at Allianz Field against the New York Red Bulls. It will be Kendra de St. Aubin on the call alongside Kevin Egan on MLS Season Pass. So a familiar voice for Loons fans if you can't make it out to Allianz Field on Saturday. But if you want to go to Allianz Field on Saturday, you still have time. If you're watching this live or you're checking us out on Patreon, uh, for the early access to this podcast, you still have time to go over to our Twitter channel at Soda SOC, and you can enter to win a pair of tickets to this Saturday's home opener, Minnesota United, New York Red Bulls. Um, just go to our Soda or Soda Soccer Twitter at Soda SOC. It's presented by our friends at Better Edge. This contest, uh, you'll see the pin tweet right there. All you have to do is make sure you're following us. Make sure you're following Better Edge. Retweet the tweet. And then reply with and tag a friend in the in the replies. That is it. Then you're entered to win a pair of tickets. Um, the uh, contest closes at five o'clock 
on Thursday, 5 p.m. Central Time on Thursday. So you got to be listening and watching this early uh, to get that info and uh, make sure you're entered in time to, for a chance to win tickets. All right, Carter, without further ado, let's jump into the headlines here. Um, there is a 90% chance of snow during this match for Minnesota and the Red Bulls at Allianz Field. Um, un, uh, un, not uncommon for a season opener for Minnesota United, that's for sure. Of course, the snow opener in 2017. Mm -hmm. um, there was a St. Patrick's Day opener in 2018 that was actually like 65 degrees. I remember going to that. That was pretty awesome. Um, but then, of course, 2019, they had to brush the snow off the field ahead of time uh, for the Allianz Field, uh, the first ever match at Allianz Field. Um, and we're getting it again here in 2023, um, it seems. There's a 90% chance of snow during this match. Um, Adrian Heath mentioned earlier this week that even though, um, you know, it seems like it would be an advantage for Minnesota, you, know, it, you don't really know how certain players are going to react to actually playing in those elements, especially with a team like Minnesota, who brings in so many of their players from, you know, Central and South America as well. Mm -hmm. It's going to be interesting, to say the least, could be a little bit of an equalizer, that weather. Yeah, I mean, when you bring stuff like snow and any kind of weather into the game, it's it's never really an advantage for either team unless it's something that you're super used to. Like I would say in football uh, with the Vikings, when they played outside the CCF for a few years, yeah, that's going to be, that's going to be an advantage because they play in November, in December, in October, when it's snowing all the time, when we're dealing with this, like the first two home matches of every season, we could maybe get used to it, but like we're training inside. We're not, nobody's ever going to be used to soccer in the snow. It's not, it's usually the outlier for the season. So like you said, it is a great equalizer between the teams and it's probably not going to uh, be conducive to more goals. No, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say uh, that's going to be a goal fest in you know, however many inches of snow, I think two to three, I don't think it's going to be a ton of snow, but there definitely is going to snow. And especially when you bring in two teams together, like Minnesota and New York, both, mm -hmm. um, you know, Minnesota, they're, they're you know, revolving door at striker and sort of all their, you know, attacking unknowns have been well documented, uh, especially coming into this season. But then you have the Red Bulls on their side, just 0.62 or 0.63 expected goals, holding almost 60% of possession uh, against Nashville this, this past Saturday. So I think it's going to be a bit of a defensive struggle. Um, I think you're going to see players, you know, really struggling to, to re you know, retain their footing, uh, retain possession of the ball. Um, but I think even though those kind of defensive elements will be in play, there might not be a ton of chances still should be, should be a pretty exciting match on Saturday. Um, defensively though, New York has been very good. Uh, they held Nashville to zero shots on goal. Um, I think the only goal they've given up this year was in the opener against Orlando, um, where they fell one nil, I believe. Um, but defensively, there is going to be a, a, a bit of a, a difference than what we saw against Dallas uh, when we were talking about this Saturday's game against New York as Will Trapp is out for an undetermined amount of time um, with a pretty uh, evidently a scary rib injury he suffered last week according to Jacob Schneider an MRI revealed a crack in his rib and inflammation around vital organs um, he was he was has been and is able to participate in non-contact drills um, and the return timeline is anywhere from one to three weeks according to both Trapp and Adrian Heath um, does this will trap injury sort of impact the way you think about Minnesota United's chances in this one? Because in the Dallas match, one of the biggest reasons they were able to, to get a win and hold Dallas scoreless was their ability to sort of uh, contain the, the tempo of the match 
And now that was largely done in the midfield with Will Trapp and Kervin Ariaga. So without Trapp in the lineup and available, presumably, you know, considering the timeline we've been giving, given out for this match against New York, does that change the way you think about Minnesota's chances in this one? You know, not really, not for me, at least. Um, I think that we have just a plethora of midfielders that can yeah. take over and return. Obviously we have, uh, Robin Mudd, who we found out last year, can be a destroyer if he needs to be, yeah. and honestly plays fantastic there. We have Pisani Dotson. He's returning from his ACL injury. He's starting to get some minutes again. I don't know if he'd be the odds-on starter with it, with returning from that injury. It depends on where he thinks he's at in that recovery yeah. process. But he's another option. Pisani Dotson is a fantastic player. I wouldn't mind seeing him there. And I don't think that the drop-off is severe. Obviously, Will Trapp's the captain. He's a fantastic player, but I don't think we're lost without him, and I don't think mm-hmm. it's a reason for fans to worry by any means. Yeah, it, it is the deepest portion of this roster, which, you know, if you're going to have an injury as, as awkward and, and you know, un, un, unideal as this injury is for Trapp, and hopefully he can get better and get well soon and, and get back mm-hmm. to training full contact uh, as soon as possible and get back in kind of in the lineup as soon as possible. You know, if there's one part of the roster where you're going to have an injury uh it's it's you know the best possible place that could be is in this defensive midfield position because you're right mm-hmm. you have Hassani Dotson you have Joseph Rosales you have guys that can step in you have Robin Ludd who can move there if you need him to you have guys who can step in and who have shown that they can be viable options both in the short and long term for this team uh but one of those options I want to focus on here is Hassani Dotson mm-hmm. um you mentioned you're not sure if he's the odds on starter um, you know, I think it, I think it got, could honestly go either way. I do think Adrian Heath showed a lot of confidence in Dotson's ability to return to form when he brought him in as the initial sub just past the hour mark against Dallas. I think that was kind of a statement that, you know what, we believe in Dotson Dotson's, you know, his, his recovery timeline, he's been, he's been killing it. You know, he what originally wasn't supposed to be available until like mid March, then it was early March. And suddenly he was playing in their preseason tournament in California. Right. So he has really sort of expedited that return process for himself in a, in a great way. And now he seems to be somebody that Adrian, he feels like he can, he can turn to, even though he's coming off a nearly year long hiatus with that torn ACL. But there's a difference between playing in a 30-minute cameo and starting and playing upwards of 70, 80 minutes. So we'll see mm-hmm. if Adrian Heath turns to Dotson or if he turns to somebody like Joseph Rosales, or maybe they mix things up and, and put Robin Lud in there, um, you know, as a as a, a number six or a number eight. We'll have to see. But um, Dotson specifically, you know, if if he gets the nod at starter, you know, this could be kind of his his opportunity to solidify and cement a position on this team because it's been this weird like question that's always asked in the preseason like as good as Hassani Dotson is where does he fit into this roster because he is just he's so dynamic and he's so flexible and it's it is a positive trait but it almost works against him at Mm -hmm. times in terms of his ability to actually solidify a spot he's had to play both central midfield positions right back right wing heck left wing at times for this team. And that doesn't exactly do you any favors in terms of, you know, a solidifying a spot, but B getting a look uh, by say the U S men's national team uh, for, for an option. So maybe just maybe if Hassani Dotson is the one to get the nod, you know, as unfortunate as it would be for somebody like trap um, who, you know, 
this isn't necessarily his fault. This isn't in any of his own doing. Maybe this sort of forces the torch to be passed in a way, as opposed to, you know, because we thought it was going to be Ozzy Alonso passing the torch to Hassani Dotson for mm-hmm. that number six spot. That necessarily didn't happen because Dotson had to fill in in a lot of different other places. Maybe this is that that point in time where the torch is kind of passed, even though it's not necessarily going to be willing on Trapp's part, and hopefully he can get better. But maybe this is Dotson's opportunity. Yeah, I can absolutely see that happening. Like you said, we all expected to sign Dotson to take over for Alonzo. It was kind of writing on the wall, and then it just kind of disappeared with him playing everywhere. Um, and I could absolutely see Dotson getting the start here, getting if Will Trap is out for three weeks, getting a run of three games. And if he plays well, like we know we can. I mean, Dotson has been called up to the men's national team before. He is a very high upside player, and he just needs that chance to grow into the team and find his spot. So absolutely, I could see Hassani Dotson just kind of taking this from Will Trapp here because Trapp is getting a little older, not mm. to say that he's past his prime or anything. He's still out there doing the things that he needs to do. But Hassani Dotson's the long term for this club, absolutely through and through. Yeah, Adrian Heath said after the Dallas match, he believes Dotson is a U.S. men's national team caliber player. Um, but he's only going to sort of see that potential if he's a if he's able to get consistent runouts, consistent starts, consistent minutes in a consistent position. Um, only then will we really see what Hassani Dodson is truly capable of. We've seen what he's capable. Of. I mean, he's one of the most versatile players in the league, which is great. But in order for a guy to kind of reach their full potential at their preferred position, they need to be playing consistently in that preferred position. So. Uh, we'll have to see what the lineup decisions are on uh, on Saturday. One of those decisions for Adrian Heath is also going to be who starts at striker. Uh, Luis Samaria was back training with the club this week after being delayed in his return from a successful green card appointment in Paraguay. Uh, but after his game-winning goal-scoring performance in Dallas, Carter, is Mender Garcia your starting striker this weekend? I think he has to be. Yeah, I will be the first to say that I'm a Luis Amaria fan. I think that what he does for the team, I while not always putting out goals and assists as we would probably like him to, mm-hmm. I think that the energy that he brings and just watching him on the pitch makes me very happy. Yeah. So I love Amaria. I think that he's probably the first choice striker. But with mm-hmm. Mender Garcia having this game against Dallas and having put away that goal to give us the win, I don't think you bench him. No. Absolutely not. I think he at least gets 60, 70 minutes here against New York Red Bulls and has a chance to maybe solidify his spot and take it away from it, Luis Amaria. Because it's not by any means Amaria is a stuck-on starter every week. He's not mm-hmm. putting out the goals for us. He's not putting out the assists for us as much as I do like watching him. So I think Mender absolutely should start this week. I think it's his chance also, like Dotson, to just solidify that being his spot. Because Mender also has very high upside. He's a young striker. And that's kind of what we need right now. We need something just to give us that little snap, that little kickstart. Yeah, I mean, look, Adrian Heath has shown that if there's a hot hand or foot in this case, that he's going to roll with it. And it's it's kind of almost, it's, it's interesting. It's, uh, I don't know, ironic, serendipitous, whatever you want to say. Almost one year ago to the day, March 13th, 2022, uh, Minnesota United is going into a match against the New York Red Bulls. Tyler Miller comes down ill. So Dane St. Clair starts in goal. Mm -hmm. 
makes a billion saves and never relinquishes the starting goalkeeper spot again. Mm-hmm. You're coming in March 11th, 2023. Mender Garcia is coming off a goal. He has a chance to sort of take that starting striker spot away from Luis Amaria, similar to the way Dane St. Clair did to Tyler Miller. Very interesting, the timing of all of this. You know, they don't really have many plot points going through the soccer no, game, do they? No, not at all. There are no storylines. We're using the same ones already. Uh, I'll tell you what, some people. No no storylines whatsoever for Minnesota United at all. Actually, I think we can just stop the podcast now. See you guys. It's yeah. been fun. Uh, we'll catch you next week. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it's Saturday. It's 7.30 p.m. Central. It's on MLS Season Pass. Kendra de St. Aubin and Kevin Egan on the call. It is Minnesota United and New York Red Bulls, the home opener at Allianz Field with 90% chance of snow. Should be a lot of fun. All right, let's talk transfer news, Carter, shall we? Um, Loons have been linked to young South Korean attacker Jong Sang Bin um, of Grasshopper Zurich by way of Wolves. Uh, the 20-year-old was signed by Wolverhampton in January 2022 and loaned to Swiss Super League power Zurich. Uh, primarily a right winger, but he does have appearances at striker per, per transfer market. Um, I know some of those stats when you look at transfer market or football reference or something can be a little bit, you got to take them with a grain of salt a little bit. Um, so no confirmed uh, appearances at striker from things that, you know, from what I've been able to see for highlight videos and stuff like that. But per his profile, uh, he does have appearances at striker. Uh, no goals or assists in seven appearances with Zurich's first team this season but he has scored twice in three runouts for their U21 team. Um, his best season, though, was in 2021 uh, with Suwon Blue Wings in the K-League, where Zhang scored six goals and two assists in 24 league matches. He was just 18 at the time as well. And Adrian Heath did confirm the club's interest in the U22 eligible player after Tuesday's training session. Carter, give me your initial thoughts on Zhang Sang-Bing and his uh, fit with Minnesota United. Yeah, so... I have a few. I I went on a deep dive on Zhang because I was not familiar with his game. I'm very I'm not really familiar with this with Super League, um, so I was trying to gauge where his team's at, what level we're gonna find uh, Zhang at. Um, and Grasshopper currently sits at eighth in the Swiss Super League up ten, which not the best. Um, but as I was looking around, as I was trying to find out some things, I found a fun little link. Because Thomas Chacon, everyone's favorite former Minnesota United transfer, plays in the second tier of the Swiss Super League, the Swiss Challenge League. And he is actually currently on 16 appearances with one goal and two assists. Hmm. Now, what that says about where uh, Zhang Songbin is, it doesn't really say that he can't play in MLS or that he would be bad in MLS. I mean, that's not where I'm trying to go either. It's just a nice metric for us to measure where he's at because he's also, like you said, only 20 years old. This is his like first season with the club. He's getting acclimated. And I absolutely think that he would be a good depth piece for Minnesota mm-hmm. United. And honestly, for a 20-year-old, that's not a bad thing. You sit behind Longuane, you sit behind Garcia, you sit behind Lude, and you learn. You get acclimated to the league without having to be rushed in. You start getting comfortable with the team. Then you start getting some performances ran out. You start playing with us. And I think that he would be a great way to push our team. Because like you and uh, Dom were 
talking about in the last 10K pitches pod last week, we don't really have any winger depth. Yep. We don't have anyone that we can bring on late in the game if we need to score a goal. We have like maybe two attackers on our bench. Mm-hmm. So I think it'd be important for us to go and get someone like Zhang Tang Bin and just have that chance for some competition within the squad and have a chance to put anybody on the field in like the 70th minute to go get us a goal. Mm-hmm. The way I view this U22 initiative, and some people may agree or disagree with me, it kind of empowers MLS clubs to sort of take a little bit more risks mm-hmm. with with these transfers because it kind of allows them to put them in their own little bucket on the roster. And so it makes it a little bit more of a, a low-risk, high-reward type type signing, uh, a guy like Ben, where you're signing more on, on potential or mm-hmm. maybe slight bits of what you've seen from him. Um then a full on, hey, this is a, a starter ready, you know, 20 year old stud, right? Those guys cost money. Those guys take up DP spots. Those guys, you know, that's a huge investment for your club where you can sort of maybe get a guy who maybe has that potential, hasn't quite shown it. You can put him in the U22 initiative and you can see what he can bring your club without, you know, fully, fully investing in a way that's going to hamstring your club three, four, five mm-hmm. years down the road financially. So, that's kind of how I view that. I look at his 2021 season in the K League, though, as something where I see I see some serious potential out of this kid. I mean, he started that season at 17 years old. I don't know if any of his goals were scored before he turned 18, but he started that season at 17 years old, scoring six goals, two assists in the K League. That season is what got him signed by Wolves in mm-hmm. the Premier League. Like, he was signed by a Premier League club after that season. Yes, they loaned him out to Switzerland. Um, and yes, he had really gotten a chance to get his feet wet, but he only made six appearances last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's already eclipsed that with seven this year. So, you know, the sample size is a little bit up and down in terms of his performance, but we've seen what he's capable of at just 18 years old in the top flight in South Korea, uh, you know, scoring six goals. So uh, that leaves me optimistic about the impact that he could bring this club. Is he going to light the world up and, you know, come in and score, you know, five goals this season right away? Probably not. But is he somebody that can push Bongi Klangwani on the right wing? Is he somebody who can provide more winger depth, more attacking depth in general, more youth in the attacking depth, which his team needs? Absolutely. And I think that's kind of what you're what you're looking for. While ideally you would bring in somebody who scored 15 goals before in a, in a top flight league and who's going to be the, you know, the, the favorite to start at either wing position and, and, you know, be one of the best players in MLS. Sure. But you don't have an open DP spot right now if you're Minnesota, so you can't really do that. So a guy like Ben or a guy like Jean, excuse me, is somebody who can, I think, come in and, and just give you a chance to see what he's got because he's shown us what he's capable of. So, um, you know, more to come there again, Heath mentioned that, that, uh, Jean is just one of a few guys that they have been looking at out of South Korea. Um, so, Mm -hmm. you know, if there's a signing, might be somebody else, might be Zhang. We'll have to see. Uh, but um, in any case, exciting, exciting times when the transfer news and rumors start to really come in uh, for Minnesota United. All right, that is really it for our Minnesota United news section, guys. So we are going to take a quick timeout here, and we are going to shout out our friends once I find the banner. Live podcasting, gotta love it. At Pence Holmes. Sorry, Carter, I'm covering you up there, but uh, just for a quick second. Uh, P-E-N-T-Z Homes.com. Nate Pence 
is a staple of the Minnesota soccer community. Um, he and Pence Holmes support numerous clubs and organizations that try to do great work for Minnesota soccer, including ours at sodasoccer.com. But they also support our friends over at Equal Time Soccer. They support Minneapolis City. They support uh, Minnesota Aurora. And so you should support them. But supporting them doesn't mean that, hey, I'm just going to you know, you know, support these guys just because they're uh, supporting Minnesota soccer. The team at Pence Homes are very, very good at their jobs. Whether you're buying a home, selling your home, or doing both, you know how stressful that process can be if you have, done, if you have gone through that process. Uh, just a couple of years ago, my wife and I, we, we had to go through a process where we sold our townhome and bought a new home, kind of all in the same process there. And it was very stressful. But Pence, Nate Pence and his team can help kind of alleviate as much of that stress as humanly possible. They know the market better than anyone. They know how to get you top dollar for your home and get you in your new home within your budget. So that all sounds good to you. Hit them up, pencehomes.com, P-E-N-T-Z homes.com, or email Nate directly, Nate, N-A-T-E, at pencehomes.com. Big thanks to Nate and the team at Pence Homes for sponsoring the 10,000 Pitches podcast. Okay, let's get into the lower league news here, Carter. Uh, you are one of our lower league writers here at Soda Soccer. Um, you actually just uh, put out a piece a couple of days ago on the Minnesota Super Cup groups. Mm-hmm. So that is where we are going to start. Uh, the Minnesota Super Cup has announced their two groups of three for the 2023 inaugural tournament. And, uh, you know, they know what they're doing when they're putting these groups together. I don't think there was just some sort of randomizer situation where they're drawing names out of a hat. Um, I think this this has this has very much like U.S. Open Cup vibes for me when they're drawing the teams, but it's like it's Minnesota and Madison, it's it's Miami and Miami, like like this not random, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is uh, this was not random when putting these groups together by the Super Cup, uh, but I think they're we're all better for it. Uh, Duluth FC, Minneapolis City, and Minnesota United U19s are your group A. Both Duluth and Minneapolis City have faced forms of Minnesota United in closed-door settings in the past, but this will be the first time that their respective matchups are public and able to watch in the public, and the results are public, and all the all the information is public from, uh, from those matchups. Um, factors to keep in mind concerning the competitiveness of this group, despite the presence of an MLS academy. Uh, Duluth FC lost 6-2 to MNUFC2 in a closed-door friendly last year, facing a side that included full-time pros like Justin McMaster, Emmanuel Iwe, uh, Alex Smear, and Nabi Kimanguchi. Pretty good considering. And then the Minneapolis City Futures won a friendly against the Minnesota United Academy, I believe it was the U-17s, um, 3-2 to in 2021. So this is, even though there is a, an MLS Academy involved, um, I do think that this group is going to be highly, highly competitive. And I don't necessarily think it's a shoe-in that Minnesota United gets through considering the quality of both Minneapolis city and Duluth. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you get big names like Minnesota United, uh, you start to get like, Oh, well, obviously they're going to go through, but like the competitive nature between these teams there's not much of a difference. Um, just for an example, uh, last year when I was covering USL2, there was a Minneapolis City player called Malik Mesnavi. Mm-hmm. And you may have heard of him. Yep. He now plays, he was signed by M, uh, Minnesota United. He played for the U19. And he dropped a ton of goals and they immediately brought him up to MMUFC2. Yep. So there are players within these uh, semi-professional, pre-professional leagues that Duluth and Minneapolis City play in that can easily just directly move on to these professional clubs. Minneapolis city just had 
I, it was two or three players. Three players. Drafted, it was three players yep. drafted in the MLS draft just this last year. These are basically professional players. I think that Minnesota United U19 team is going to have a tough time with Duluth and Minneapolis City, actually. Yeah, I so. agree. I agree. And uh, this is this is going to be really interesting. And, and Group B is very interesting as well because you have teams from three different leagues that have really never gotten a chance to cross paths before. Um, and that mm-hmm. is one of the beauties of this tournament. You have Med City out of the NPSL North, St. Croix out of the USL League Two, and Vlora FC out of UPSL. It will be each team's first time facing one another in a competitive setting, which is cool. Um, and this is a chance to kind of see where these leagues stack up as well. How does MPSL compare to USL League Two? How does UPSL compare to NPSL? Um, you know, this this is a chance for for these teams to really show not only their quality, but they're kind of representing their respective leagues in mm-hmm. a way as well in this setting in this tournament. Yeah, I mean, it's gonna be it's going to be very interesting. And honestly, that's what we that's what we want the Minnesota Super Cup for, right? Yeah. We want to see where all of these teams line up against one another. We want to see where all these leagues that we all follow so closely. I mean, we all have our teams and we all want the bragging rights. Yeah. So that's what this is, is a chance to get those bragging rights. And I think, honestly, what the most interesting part of this is going to be is where teams prioritize the Super Cup in the midst of their fixtures. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think – I think that teams are going to prioritize because a, the bragging rights, but B mm-hmm. this is another platform for these players to show what they can do against cross league, top level competition. Like honestly, for, a, for a player on Duluth's team to say, Hey, you know, I scored a brace or I scored a goal against Minnesota United's Academy. Mm-hmm. Like that's something to add to the resume. That's something to add to the highlight reel. Right. So I think that these players are going to be really, really hungry to perform in this setting. Um, and I think the, you know, it's, it's, they're going to be, they're going to be very, very willing and able to take on the opportunity. Now, if you're a Minneapolis city, for example, and you have a USL league Two playoffs coming up and maybe that in, impacts things because the way the timing is going to line up with this tournament. But I also think that, that because of the co- competitive nature and because of the opportunity for these players to show out in a setting like this. Um, I, I don't think we're going to see much, you know, load management or, you know, or rotating or whatever you want to call it, um, because I think these players are going to be hungry to really uh, perform uh, on that stage. Uh, anything else on the Super Cup, Carter, before we move on? No, you got it. All right. So UPSL Midwest West Premier Division clubs have been announced for the uh, 2023 season. We call it the UPSL North because UPSL Midwest West is just too much to too much to say. Uh, but anyways, uh, Austin Villa. FC Minneapolis, Granite City, Maple Brook 58ers, uh, Minneapolis City, St. Paul Blackhawks, St. Croix, Superior City, Twin City FC, Vlora, and Worthington Community are your 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 clubs in the UPSL North Conference this season, or UPSL North Division, I should say. Um, This division has grown quite a bit. It was originally slated to, you know, thought to be just be the the Twin Cities Conference, if you will. But, you know, we're growing throughout the state. You have teams representing Austin. You have teams representing Southwest Minnesota and Worthington. You have multiple teams now from the Wisconsin side of the border. 
Um, this is really exciting, and it's nice to see the UPSL grow because I think, you know, when you look at the rung, you know, people have an assumed pyramid, if you will, of soccer in Minnesota. And it's, you know, USL League 2, NPSL, UPSL. But as we just mentioned, you know, the UPSL has Vlora representing it in the Super Cup, but it's also growing in itself. And I think the more you can kind of grow the presumed bottom of that, the the better it's going to be for Minnesota soccer as a whole and an even greater spotlight is going to be put on Minnesota soccer as a whole. And so when you're looking at players, not only locally, but nationally, who are looking for a place to play over the summer, when if they can see the type of competitive soccer that's being played at all levels in Minnesota, that's going to be a spot they want to play. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if you know anything about the lower levels of Minnesota soccer, you know how competitive and how great it is down there. Seeing all of these teams, I mean, an 11 team division, almost mm-hmm. exclusively based in Minnesota and then like the borders of Wisconsin is fantastic for growing mm-hmm. the sport within the state. It's yep. the kind of thing that really gets the ball moving and makes the sport become even more popular and just, yeah, just pop, excuse me, popular within the state. Yeah. No, 100%. I think that's going to be a lot of fun, and that's going to be something, obviously, we'll be keeping a close eye on and bringing you coverage of all summer long um, as those 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 matchups get announced, schedules get announced, and we start getting games. Um, speaking of schedules, we have an NPSL North schedule, Carter. Uh, oh, a kind of a schedule. Teams are slowly releasing their own schedules, and then we're putting the pieces together as to what the overall schedule is. But we have three matches that uh, – three pretty high-profile matches to kick things off on May 13th for opening weekend. You have Dakota Fusion hosting Med City, Joy Athletic welcoming a uh, revitalized lacrosse heiress program, and then you have Minnesota Twin Stars hosting Duluth FC. Now, again, if you're looking at this and you're wondering, why am I not seeing Minneapolis City? Minneapolis City will not be in the NPSL North this season. They are fielding one sort of main team in USL League Two and sort of using UPSL still for their futures program. So um, no Minneapolis City in the NPSL North, but we have seen other teams really up their game. I mean, last season was a two-horse race between Med City and Duluth. You had a team like Dakota Fusion really stepping things up. Twin Stars, you know, had a great season in their return. Um, so this is going to be, I think, you're talking about competitive. I think you're going to see things get really competitive and you'll still be really high-quality soccer. Um, I think, you know, for my money, just looking at the rosters, I think Med City is probably still, for my money, the odds-on favorite to win the conference for the second year in a row. Um, but Duluth is going to be looking for some payback for last year. And uh, I think, you know, again, those mid-tier teams like like Dakota, like Aris, like, uh, you know, those other teams, I, I think they're going to kind of step step up again this year too. And we'll see if anybody else can kind of enter that top tier. That'll be something I'm really looking, looking for. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see any of these teams take a massive step forward this year. Mm-hmm. The league and the um, conference in general is much more open this year it's got the chances to be just this massive glob of teams just fighting it out to try and get to the top of that conference and just try and unseat Med City and Duluth being the resident champions over there. Mm -hmm. Since I mean, it's been Med City, Minneapolis City, and Duluth for the longest time that have just been taking that one away. These other teams are going to be hungry for it. They want to take that step forward. For sure. And I, I think it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see which which of those teams is the one to sort of take it take the step forward, or which teams are the ones to kind of move up into that upper echelon and maybe give uh, Duluth and Med City a bit of a push in 2023. All right, we're going to finish off with some uh, final lower league and community soccer news and notes here. Med City, Rochester FC, and Minnesota Aurora 
amongst clubs that are now selling their season tickets on their respective websites. So if you want to support local soccer and maybe just, just kind of get your, get your name down there to uh, attend some home games this season, make sure you're checking that out. I believe Aurora also has single game tickets now available on their website Mm -hmm. as well. Um, Speaking of Aurora, just before we went live, I got the press release in my inbox. They have announced a new chief operating officer and it's Chicago state former now former Chicago state deputy athletic director, Jessica Poole will be taking on that role for Minnesota Aurora in 2023. Uh, she'll oversee a lot of the, uh, just the operational aspects of the club, um, numerous things that she'll have her her hand in as well. So um, cool to see that organization sort of building out, um, building out their, their uh, top tier, if you will. And I, I think more people that have more dedicated roles within the organization um, can only be better for that Aurora organization moving forward. Um, RKC Soccer Club have announced their new name. They're now RKC Third Coast, which is, I think is a really cool name. Uh, Bateau FC have rebranded ahead of their first UPSL season. It is awesome. It is a very cool logo. Um, mm-hmm. Go to our Twitter or just look up Bateau FC on Twitter uh, to check that out. And then uh, finally, Dakota Young Stars are joining Wapassel. Sounds kind of weird at first that uh, a team from, from South Dakota are joining the Wisconsin Primary Amateur Soccer League. Uh, but um, I do think this is going to make Wapassel a lot more interesting this year because Bateau had uh, left from for the UPSL, um, and so you're kind of down one of those top-tier teams, um, and Dakota Young Stars are an established club. Um, they've done great things in the UPSL uh, Midwest-West over the last handful of years, um, so it'll be interesting to see how they do. That's a long trip for them for those road matches, though, so every single week driving to Wisconsin from South Dakota. So we'll see how that sort of hinders their ability uh, or, you know, limits their competitiveness in any way, shape or form from all those long drives. But um, a lot of cool, uh, you know, things, just a lot of moving parts in the world of lower league soccer as we ramp up towards the season. All right, Carter, shall we make our picks for this weekend presented by better edge, better edge.com B E T T O R edge.com. If you go there right now and you use betteredge.com slash loons as the uh, as the URL or just go to betteredge.com and use code loons, you will get um, $20 free in your account. Uh, but you can also, you don't have to use real money to play at Better Edge either. You can use um, their Edge coin, which is kind of their play money as well. So you can still participate in the app, make picks on the app without investing real money. You can definitely invest real money if you want to, but they also have the, uh, the Edge coin feature as well for you to do that all right dom so here's kind of the sl- or dom sorry dom sorry carter um i'm so used to saying dom but you're <laughs> carter um here's kind of the rundown of matches this week in mls but of course we're going to start off with minnesota united and new york red bulls once i can find it on the rundown here there we are right here so we're going to start off by making our picks for this game specifically um if you look at the odds here minnesota united a slight underdog uh, at home to the Red Bulls plus 108 here, which means if you bet hundred dollars, you're going to make a um, eight dollars. If you bet ten dollars, you're going to get ten dollars and eighty cents back if you win, um, or you're going to win ten dollars and eighty cents, I should say. So you would get twenty dollars and eighty cents back. But um, anyways, you get more value for betting Minnesota United than you would for betting the Red Bulls. The Red Bulls are favored, um, and then the over under here over 2.5 um, is the favorite, or excuse me, is the underdog in terms of the over under bet uh, according to Better Edge. And under 2.5 total goals is kind of the favorite option here. So you make less money for betting the under 2.5 because it's the more likely option. You make more money for betting the over 
uh, because it's the less likely option. That's kind of how that works if you're new to if you're new to betting and how these lines work. Uh, all right, Carter, I'm going to let you go first. What's your pick? Whether it's Minnesota, New York, the over or the under, what is your pick for Red Bulls and Loons? I mean, I quite enjoy winning, so I think the most <laughs> obvious thing here is hitting that under. Yeah. Minnesota has one goal in one game. Uh, New York has zero goals in two games. It, their entire goal total on the season is under two and a half. And I don't think that changes in this game, in the snow, in the cold. It's just not very likely. Yep. No, I agree. I agree. I'm actually rolling with you on this one too, Carter. I think under 2.5 goals. Um, you just look at this, if you, if you take the weather out of consideration here, um, you look at this from just a, a, a team standpoint. The Red Bulls have struggled to score, but they've mm-hmm. also been very, very solid defensively in the early portion of the season. In Minnesota United's first match, we saw that revamped defense really, really give FC Dallas some headaches. A front line of FC Dallas that includes Jesus Ferreira, that includes Sebastian Legette, that includes Alan Velasco. Like, so if they're able to hold FC Dallas goalless, I I am very confident in their ability to to limit the Red Bulls chances as well. Mm-hmm. And the Red Bulls haven't exactly been killing it in the attack. Mm-hmm. Then you also factor in the weather to this, which does not, is not conducive for goals. Um, even though you're not making as much money with this under 2.5 bet, I'm with you, Carter, that the odds are still good enough where I'm taking under 2.5. I'm actually going to lock this in. going to put 40 edge coin on this. Uh, so if you see, I bet 40 edge coin, I make 71.54, or I get 71.54 back. Uh, so I a little less than double my money there, or double my edge coin, if you will. So again, you can see, I just put an order here on Better Edge. Didn't even have to bet real money to do it. I can certainly bet real money. I have $11.98 in my account, but you can you can play around with it as well. So go to bettoredge.com slash loons. That's betteredge.com slash loons. Or just go to betteredge.com and use our code loons when you sign up and you will get $20 free in your account, courtesy of our friends at Better Edge. Uh, we're not done yet, though, with the picks here, Carter. Um, we are going to each pick our lock and our upset pick for the weekend. And uh, since I let you go first on the over-under, I'm going to go first for my locks and upsets. Um, my lock is New York City over Miami. Why? I'm not sold on Miami. I'm just not. Two wins and two matches. That's gr- that's a great start to the season. Um, you know, puts them in a good position come at the end of the season because you know, teams that have won their first two matches, very high percentage of them of them obviously make the playoffs. So that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just not completely sold that this is a totally new revamp Miami team that is 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 just going to all of a sudden flip the switch and be incredible. Um, at least until they get messy. So um, I'm. they've had a great couple of weeks, but going to Yankee Stadium, which is a tough environment for any road team because it's just weird there. Um, my lock of the week is New York City FC minus 186. Let's let's do another 40 edge coin on this. You'll see I win 61.56 uh, for submitting this pick. So boom, there we go. That's my lock of the week. Um, Carter, give me your lock of the week. So my lock of the week, we're going to go a little farther south we're going to take Nashville over club to foot Montreal. Okay. Um, Montreal just has had a very rough start to the season. They lost to 
Uh, Austin, they lost to Miami, who is on the losing side of your lock. So I mm-hmm. am definitely not seeing Montreal getting any sort of result against Nashville, against Hanny Mukatar, against Walker Zimmerman. I just don't think that they have it in them to stop Hanny, and I don't think that they're going to get past the Zim. And the man himself, Minnesota's own Teal Boonberry. I mean, who's gonna who's gonna who's oh. gonna beat who's gonna beat Nashville when Teal's in the lineup, huh? That goes without uh, saying. Exactly, exactly. All right, um, my upset pick, and I don't know how this is an upset pick, but I'm taking it. Uh, Seattle on the road at Cincinnati. Sounders have been on a rampage so far this year, and I mm-hmm. I, I agree. Cincinnati's good, and they're going to be contenders in the East for sure. Maybe even host another playoff game this year, uh, but. Man, I don't know who's beating Seattle right now. I really don't. And it should be noted with these picks on better edge, um, there's no draw option. So if there's a draw, it's a push. So you don't mm-hmm. lose any money if there's a draw. You don't win any money if there's a draw. So I should note that too. Um, but I think the Sounders are at least getting a point out of this, if not three, uh, just because of the way they've been playing, the form they've been in. So I'm betting $40. And as you see, I bet 40 I bet forty edge coin on this. I get $93.46 back as a return uh for betting on the sounders uh so uh you can't go wrong there can't go wrong there that's my that's my upset pick of the week which is also kind of a lock in a way uh carter who are you going with yeah um well i definitely don't have as pretty of an upset pick as you do goodness seattle's an underdog uh but i am running with dc united over orlando city okay i like that um orlando has been they're everybody's sort of sneaky pick this mm-hmm. year um and, to be kind of contenders in the east um and they are you know i i think they'll be good but i also think dc is not going to be completely terrible either no so absolutely I'm not. Kinda and with, i'm kind of with you there orlando is good they just went down to tigris and got a result like that's yep. massive yep. but there's no way that they come back on saturday and get another result I, they're going to be tired they're going to be just not ready for it no, I, I, I agree. <clears throat> Excuse me. And again, I don't think DC is is the walkover they were last year. Either. Absolutely so, not. Um, I definitely think because of b- both those factors, Orlando aren't upset alert too. All right. That's it. I think we're done. Carter, first live edition, first uh, first time on the 10,000 Pitches podcast. How do, how do you feel? Oh, it's been great. This is fun. Yeah, it was fun. We got one more um, sponsor to shout out before we get out of here. And I don't have a special banner for them. I need to make one. Uh, but it's our friends over at Stimulus Athletic. Um, if you are and the owner, the coach, the, you know, whatever, if you are in a decision-making position for a club or a team and you're heading into your summer season and you're thinking, man, we could give our kids better jerseys. We could give our team better kits. We could provide some better apparel for our organization. Um, your team deserves that. Your team deserves custom design jerseys, whether they're kids, whether they're adults, whether they're rec, doesn't matter. Your team deserves custom design jerseys and kits and stimulus athletic can make that happen for you. They've done the same for Minneapolis city. They've done the same for Vlora FC. They've done the same for joy athletic. They've done the same for the Anguilla national team. They've done the same for the American outlaws. They are outfitting some of the most well-known organizations and teams across the soccer landscapes with their jerseys and apparel. And they can do the same for you. They have apparel for teams uh, and, you know, high caliber leagues. They have, uh, apparel available for rec teams as well. So you don't have to be a Minneapolis city to get a nice kit from stimulus. It could be your rec league 
stimulus can make that happen. You could not even be involved in soccer. Maybe you just own a business and you're looking for some cool corporate apparel. Stimulus Athletic can make that happen for you too. So just go to stimulusathletic.com and click get started and fill out the design form and boom, they'll be in touch with you. They'll get you a custom design and you will be stoked about the jerseys and apparel that your team has this season, courtesy of Stimulus Athletic. And guess what? Stimulus empowers you. They have this little feature after you get your, your, your jerseys where they actually create you a little store on your website and you can sell those jerseys to your followers, sell those jerseys to your audience, sell those jerseys to your supporters so you can make money off of them as well uh, and make revenue. That's so important for your club. So make sure you go to stimulusathletic.com. Just click that get started button. And then they have a little, where did you hear from about us uh, thing? Just make sure you let them know that Jeremy and Carter from the 10,000 pitches podcast sent you there. Uh, Carter, any parting words for the, for the, for the nice people out there? Hey, go loons. Go loons. All right. We will be back for post loons. Actually, we will not be back. You and I will not be there. Uh, (laughs) It will be Jacob Schneider and Eli Hoff back here on YouTube and on our Soda Soccer Twitter channel following Minnesota United and New York Red Bulls for another edition of Post Loons. We had like a bajillion people tune into Post Loons last time. So make sure y'all come right back around for Post Loons uh, after that one. They'll go live about 10.30 p.m. Central Time. Uh, So, you know, good old Post Loons after dark. We love it. Um, So make sure you're tuning into that. Make sure you're checking out SodaSoccer.com all weekend long for your pre-match and post-match coverage. I will be the one sort of writing a lot of the stuff that happens on the website there too. And just make sure you're following us on Twitter as well to stay tuned in with everything at SodaSoc. He's Carter Hoffer. I'm Jeremy Rushing. This has been the 10,000 Pitches Podcast. We will see everybody next week.